everybody out there listening with Encourage Radio. Hello, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, kiddos. We are so excited that you are a part of this family, that you are listening to us. And we have, I think, an awesome topic. I know an awesome guest speaker. Um, let me just go ahead and introduce her. We have Miss Tamari Miller with us Yay. in the house. Special friend. I, I was going to say that. And I'm glad you went ahead and said it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to necessarily steal the thunder from you. But yes, you and Tamari are such special friends. Yes, Absolutely. I love it because we talk about you know sometimes you just have those maintenance free just moments where yeah. I know no matter when I see Tamari, we're all in, yeah. and it can be not like we go and get coffee mm-hmm. or anything like that. But we have always just had that natural connection, mm-hmm. no matter what. No matter what, even if I don't see you for a month or I see you in a week, and it's just in and out. Um, and that's I love the coolest it. thing. I like that you said that. That no matter if it's been a month or a week or no matter what's happened, you guys pick up like right where right, you right yeah. wherever you are. Absolutely. All right. I, I have to say this before we get into it, Tamara. You know I love your boys. Yes. And I say I, I feel bad because I think I actually say I love them more than I show them I love them because <laughs> and so maybe I you know but when your boys walk into the room into the church I just if I could adopt some boys you know what I mean like if I could say those are my boys yes I love Coleman and I love Caleb I love them so much and you've shown it you both have you've been such an amazing extension of our family Aww. we consider you guys to be family Aww. so we're so Aww. blessed. To be a part of this church, to be a part of a body that genuinely shows love uh-huh. in spite of it being every day or every week, yeah. just knowing that it's there when we need it. So yeah. we're so grateful. Well, we're talking about a topic that, um, as we just prayed earlier, uh, that is maybe a little seasonally dated, mm-hmm. if you will, just in the topic. Um, but we know that no matter what time of the year you listen to this, you're going to gain something from this. We're talking about how to navigate grief during the holidays. And Raina, I'm just going to let you take it from here. You and Tamari just operate like two peas in a pod, <laughs> like one's the left foot, one's the right foot. And so why are we here today, Raina? Like why you actually, the Lord laid this on your heart, right? Well, just because um, like last week or the last time that we were connected on Encourage uh, Radio, we talked about how we have these expectations Mm. of what holidays Mm. should look like Mm -hmm. or what family should look like, what the picture should look like. Mm -hmm. And many times we walk into relationships we walk into family dynamics, and just with the holidays, you are, you know, family dynamics are part of that criteria yeah. Right. Yeah. that come up with um, whatever holidays is on the year. Right. right. And so many times that we can filter that holiday through a past event, Ooh. thinking it's going to look like it, smell like it, taste like it again. Absolutely. Or we have this hopefulness that, oh, I hope it looks different this year. Oh, yeah. Or we go in and we hang on to maybe a grief or a hurt or a memory that God has already covered and healed. Mm -hmm. But we kind of out of habit 
maybe we can bring those into situations. Mm-hmm. So from your point of view, whenever I know first, give me a little bit of background, share yeah, with yeah. our <laughs> listening audience um, a little bit about Tamari. Oh, okay. So first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so blessed to be in this space right now for so many reasons. Um, but I'm Tamari Miller. I have worked with children and families in grief for over actually 30 years, both wow. in um, the foster care arena, mm. as well as just in grief support after the death of a family member or a loved one. And um, the holidays truly are the time of year where all hearts are trepidatious yes. for right. the uncertainty of what it's going to look like without the person who has died. Oh, yes. Um, but it's also the uncertainty of what other people expect of them during yes. the holidays. Because yeah. there there's a level of expectation for my family members to still bake that sweet potato pie or oh. to host Christmas or Thanksgiving at your home mm. or to get in the family photo or all those traditions that are amazing traditions that have created the framework of a family. Um, but the mm. interesting piece for me is um, my mother died when I was 17. Mm. And we buried her the day before Easter. Right. So it's interesting that we focus on the holidays during Thanksgiving and Christmas. But for me, Ah. my seasonal cues come around spring break time. Right. When, um, you know, the seasons are changing and the time changes. And it's just a constant reminder, though I am not always cognitive of it. Just it's in it happens in my body. that Something's not right. And so... um, until she died, I didn't realize how many holidays there are. Because, wow. What a great point. Right. You know, you don't, it's just a natural thing. Uh-huh. Easter Sunday, you're going to go to church. If, if you had my mother, you're going to have four gunny sacks dresses um, for oh. the runway model. Oh, how funny. Church experience. You're going to have to learn your church, your, your Easter speech. You're going to have Easter dinner at your house, at your aunt's house. You're going to do an Easter egg hunt at her best friend's house. And so you just do those things just naturally, right? Robotically almost. And then you wake Mm. up and they're not there. Right. So Easter Sunday morning was quite different for me and every day and every morning after that. So it's an acknowledgement of holidays because it's structured as family time. But my concern is always acknowledging that every day is a first. Yes. Once a person dies. Yes. Oh, wow. So just how do we navigate every day in in light of, mm-hmm. right, you know, and then more specifically the holidays because it's bells will be ringing. Wow. The yes. glad, glad news. Well, for grieving people, it's bells will be ringing and there's sad, sad news or, you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it's probably for some the most um, terrible time of the year or ah. the most um, overwhelming time of the year. And I'm just most concerned about mental health mm-hmm. during right. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, our church has experienced a lot of loss. Yeah. Um, hearts are very heavy. Yeah. My heart is heavy for those that I'm observing and wanting to support um, through our grief group that mm-hmm. we host here and just through um, availability. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm. But then there's children involved and it's right. creating memories because that's so important developmentally for them to understand who they are and how holidays are to take place. So I'm just grateful to be able to use my professional experience, but more importantly, my personal experience. Um, My father died in January of 2021, Mm. but this was the week that 
Thanksgiving week, I went home just for a day or two to take care of some things at his house in Alabama. And I got the call that he was unresponsive. So Thanksgiving for me is not the same. I have family members and friends reaching out now saying, are you home yet? And I was just telling you earlier, I think I'm going to get up on Thanksgiving morning. I'm going to drive to Alabama. Right. I need to be where my family is, but I'm not meaning my family that's alive. My mother and my father are buried in Alabama. That is always going to be home. So for me, Getting up Thursday morning may seem ludicrous to some people, but I need to feel connected. Wow. Wow. My boys may not want to go. Coleman's like, I'm not going anywhere else. I have traveled. I am done. But it's what I need to do for me. And that's what's important is that we as grievers identify what's important for us, Mm. taking into consideration what other people say or think, but knowing that ultimately it's our journey and it's important for us to honor ourselves, honor our grief, Mm. honor our memories, and honor where we need to be in order to navigate the holidays where we can come out of it, not just 20 pounds heavier because we've eaten a lot of turkey, but 20 pounds lighter Mm -hmm. because we haven't added extra stress or have had an outlet for our angst. Right. So that when we face the new year, we're able to do it a little more whole than we started or ended the year with. What I love about um, grief support, Mm -hmm. I know that here at Waterstone, we have had that opportunity to offer that to our community Mm -hmm. through different seasons. We, you know, several years ago, we had a lot of widows come through. And you used to always say, your grief is your grief. Mm -hmm. As well as your perspective. I mean, there's many perspectives of, oh, you go through this season of grief. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're in this stage, this stage, this stage, this stage. Mm-hmm. Well, if I remember correctly, you kind of had a different perspective on the stages mm-hmm. of grief. Because many people, you know, they'll hang on to anything to try to make sense right. of where they are in the moment. Right. Or family members will try to make sense of, you know, what is happening to another family member mm-hmm. in their family. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone that is going through grief? Now, let me kind of go ahead of this. Mm-hmm. Grief for people is not just loss. Correct. It's mm. just, it's loss of anything, loss of a marriage, mm-hmm. loss of by death, mm-hmm. loss of a vision, mm-hmm. loss of health. Yes. There are so many different perspectives mm-hmm. of what grief is labeled as. Correct. But the beautiful thing is, and what I love about our journey together mm-hmm. is you're able to kind of equip people with the tools that they need for their own personal journey and to realize that we can move forward in that no matter what it looks like, whether it is death, marriage, you know, loss of a vision, you know, whatever it may be. So if we were talking to our audience and they have just gone through a loss, um, let's say of an expectation, Mm -hmm. job loss, Mm -hmm. marriage, what would what would be something that you would tell them or to equip them with in mm-hmm. order to move forward? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's a really great question. Um, first of all, Pastor Ron's sermon on Sunday was spot on to mm-hmm. answer this question is sometimes we find ourselves in places and we're wondering if God hears us, yes. if he sees us, if he understands the urgency for us to get from this place to a place 
we want to be. Wow. Yes. But oftentimes, and just like life, grief is a journey. Wow. There are going to be highs and there are going to be lows. And um, Ecclesiastes mm. says there's a time to mourn. Yes. So I, I want people to understand that mourning is a part of life. Mm. Grief is a part of life. So sometimes the expectation is I don't want to experience grief. That's not possible. Wow. Unless you just become super stoic and instill in reality, that's an avoidance technique. It's still that something's happening on the inside. But my own journey has been whatever we're going through, that's the piece. You have to go through it. Right. Yes. Not get over it. Mm. Mm. You have to go through it because there's always purpose for our pain. Another sermon. I don't know <laughs> what month, what day. Oh, how funny. <laughs> That yeah. our hurt isn't always for us, it's for somebody else. Wow. That is so right. my mother's death at 17 mm. wasn't for me. And right. intuitively, I knew it wasn't. I couldn't put my finger on it until I found New Hope for Kids, which is where I've served for over wow. 23 years of why me? I never questioned God taking my mother. She was in so much pain and her faith was so strong that I knew she was safe and I knew she was whole and I knew he chose to heal her on the other side. I definitely wanted her with me. Right. But I never questioned why me and I never ascribed to the many stages, you know, the de there's depression and denial and, you know, bargaining. And so um, what I encourage people to do is to be with their grief, like own it. Yes. It's yours. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can take on a different shape and form depending on what day it is or what time of day it is, but it's yours and embracing it and becoming one with it so that as you walk your journey, you're not leaving bits and pieces of it that were necessary for you to understand how you got from point A to point E, if that makes yes. sense, right? Yes. Because if we leave bits and pieces behind, we're not fully grasping the whole grief journey that we need to do. Right. So understanding the loss, whether it's, I wanted a little girl more than anything. Mm. I love you, Caleb and Coleman. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and when I gave birth to Coleman, um, I wasn't a member that I shortly came to Waterstone after that, but I wasn't a member of Waterstone at the time. Um, I found out that I had um, congestive heart failure, postpartum cardiomyopathy. What? And the two things I did while in the emergency room, realizing that I may never see Caleb again um, and realizing that the baby that I just gave birth to would not know his mom mm. was to call my executive director and the pastor of my church at that time. Wow. Because I wanted to make sure, one, that the kids at New Hope for Kids were covered. Right. I told them where everything was. And two, I wanted my children to be covered. Right. I wanted my pastor to make sure that my children knew Jesus in a way that my mother and my father gave it to me. Mm. And I wanted him to know all of my requests. Um, and so after I walked through that journey, I found out I couldn't have children anymore. That was the reason I could stay alive. But I was like, but I wanted to try for that little girl. So what I thought life was going to be, health was an issue. I was grieving my heart. Right. I was grieving the time lost with Coleman. I missed being with him for the first nine days of his life. Oh, wow. Um, but I was so grateful after losing a mother. That was secondary to, I don't have, I want to have a little person that looks like me. Right. But there was a purpose for all of that. Right. Is understanding, feeling the feelings, understanding the loss. It's 
it's done. Mm. Right. Mm. We can't change it. Mm. No. We can ruminate over it because I am a professional ruminator. If anyone <laughs> wants any tips on ruminating, um, but being transparent with your pain, that's yes. what I think attracts people to me. Um, and it's not because I do it like, oh, if I'm transparent, people will like me. It is right. just right. who I am because I feel like when we look at the picture perfect, it creates erroneous beliefs yeah. that that's what it should look like. Absolutely. That is right. And it contradicts what is, and that's when you experience more duress. So understanding the person's died or the loss, job, marriage, right. children, health, whatever it may be, mm. and then feeling the feelings, sit in it. We can't heal unless we experience all those things mm. that come along with it, the hurt, the pain, the rejection, but finding a support Mm-hmm. In the midst of that, um, mm-hmm. I'm a village concept person. I believe that it takes a community. There's no way that I would be sitting in front of you all or on this podcast had it not been for family, friends, strangers along the way. Had it not been for, you know, you, Pastor on Pastor, you know, Raina, Pastor Chris, you know, all the people who, right, when wow. I first came in to Waterstone, you know, said yes. In spite of your hurt, in spite of your pain, yeah. I see you right. and I'm willing to sit in this with you until you get to this place. Wow. I can't believe I'm in this place. Awesome. Right. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you can find use for your hurt. But the only way that you can find use is if you walk through that hurt. Dismiss some of the stages. Some people may yes. um, frown upon what I'm saying. But Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came up with five stages of grief and it was initially... Um, coined for those who are experiencing their own death, mm. their understanding mm. of what was happening to them. Oh, and when there's a not lot, not a lot out there on grief support or you know how to to navigate grief through the holidays, right. we go to what is there. Yeah. That and is right. So, are some of those stages experienced? Absolutely. But do you have to go through each one of them? Absolutely not. Right. And do you have to go in order? Absolutely not. Right. Right. So that's what the message is. Where you are is where you're supposed to be, but where you are may feel really dark. Mm. So where you are alone is not the Mm. answer. Where you are, seek, reach out, or if someone reaches in, grab on. Right. Right. That's the message. And realize that we don't have all the answers. Absolutely. And it is a step-by-step walk. Mm -hmm. And um, as we always share here, you know, getting um, better, not bitter. Better, not bitter. (laughs) And being able to walk through it. I know Mm -hmm. you and I have had that Mm -hmm. caregiver journey together. Yes. And there are times where you can feel so lonely yes. in the process mm-hmm. and everything is on your shoulders, but really it's on Christ's shoulders. Absolutely. But to be able to go to him and say, this is where I'm weak today. This is my loss of expectation mm-hmm. of what I thought today would look like. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. many times as a caregiver, you have these expectations of, hey, I'm going to go spend time with my mm-hmm. family today, or I'm going to go do this. And yes. then all of a sudden, life changes yes. and all of your energies, mm-hmm. you know, expectations. So it's this bittersweet um, care of hurt, but at the same time of of lack of strength. Mm-hmm. But as we walk through it, we get stronger. Absolutely. 
and we're able to see and empathize. Mm-hmm. Like you said, our story is not for our own. Mm-hmm. Wow. And God right. calls us to be vessels mm-hmm. in order to be able to have that sensitive listening ear. Absolutely. And many times if we haven't gone through our own grief journey mm-hmm. and um, been able to kind of sit in it and walk through, we wouldn't have those opportunities to share with others around us when we see them going through that journey. Right. Right. Surrender and testimony. Mm. Surrender mm. and testimony. Yeah, surrender has been my word for this year. It's been a challenging year just in general. Um, but when I came to the women's Bible study and I woke up at three o'clock that morning and I was like, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I can't yeah. fix everybody's hurt. I am a vessel for you to use. I literally, literally, my hands were like, I give it up. Wow. Like, you got it. And I would hear him say, I already had it. I was just waiting for you to realize oh that I did. So it's just complete surrender of we have no control, but we know who is in control. Yes. And he puts people in our way to align with his purpose for our lives. Yes. And to help us navigate. And yes. absolutely, that caregiver, man, I tell you, there are mornings where I really thought, I am not going to be able to take another step yeah. and I would receive a text message from you. Mm. <laughs> and my hope was realized. I was like, you know, I'm when you feel so alone, there are people out there praying for you. Yes. And you get to see the 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 actual prayer in front of you when someone sends a message. Yes. So what can you do uh. for those who are grieving? Let them know you are there. Yes. Even if they don't reach out to you, reach out to them. Yes. In their darkest hours. I know I can actually text you really late at night <laughs> because of we're in the we're the caregiver squad. Um and you know and it's all out of love. Like I consider my grief in any arena whether it's the loss of health or parents or relationships or expectations, you know, I was supposed to be a pediatrician. I was a chemistry pre-med student, I, you know, but God what? had a calling on my life and I have owned it wow. to be my calling. Um, I was a classical pianist. Things people what? don't know about me. I didn't know that. Exactly. Don't ask me to play anything because that was in my, huh. my past life. But just sometimes I look back at who I was, but that was when my mother was alive and and she was so vibrant and engaged. And then her death happened and I grieved in silence. I grieved alone. And I just only wonder what it would have been like had I heard a podcast like this. Oh, wow. Right. Right. Had there been a vitality conversation on grief? Had we just put grief out there? Yes. You know, for someone to say, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. And just be surrounded by people who say, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. But to realize Mm. that grief is a thing. It is a thing. Mm -hmm. But there is hope through it. Definitively. Like Mm -hmm. other emotions, trials, anxiety. Yes. You know, many times we can say, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, I can work through this. I can do this. So many times whenever grief kind of hits or a situation that kind of brings up these emotions of loss, Yes, we feel alone yes. in that, but we don't realize that that is also something that we can make it through. Wow. Absolutely. And there's so many tools. Yes. Um, and we have such a great 
um, I would say counseling ministry that's on board already, but there's yeah. so many amazing resources in our community that are free. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm always happy to share and help people um, tie into those, you know, expectations of when you walk in, they're not going to lay you on their sofa and say, tell me your deepest, darkest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, it's more of, hey, we've been there too. Most, mm. most grief support organizations are led by someone who is a voice of experience. Yes. And that's what's so important. You can get through anxiety. You can get, I'm, I'm a witness, a living, living proof of being in the darkest hour. After my mother's death, I didn't want to live. Yeah. Right. I didn't. Wow. I didn't. I, I put myself in a room and my dad made dinner every day and he would call out to me, mm. but he never donned the door. Right. I think he was probably too afraid of what he would find behind it. Wow. Yes. Um, but it was my God sister that I, do, I chose to say, I don't think I'm going to make it. Mm. And mm. my surrogate mom, who I was saying, I'm making some really bad choices and I know God. I still went to church, but I can't rationalize in my head that this is going to get better. Right. And I had never met a me. Right. Someone who could say my mom died too, or my dad died, or I I don't care if they were 50. Yes. Just someone who could speak to my heart. Yes. And my understanding that everything I was feeling was normal, but that I could get through it. And the key is, is you have to step out to find that support. That's a good point. And that that connection is there. They're, They're throwing out those lifelines. I thought one key thing that I heard from you over the last month, there was a a mom that had gone through a loss Mm -hmm. and her kids were asking Mm -hmm. a lot of questions. And you had mentioned that if your child goes to group, Mm -hmm. they get all their questions out. Oh, so they're not asking so many questions of you. Yes. Oh, wow. So, that takes that weight yes. off of that mama yeah, to have that. those questions because that child has already had that opportunity to be with other like-minded kiddos yes. or family. You know, it, it, it's amazing. I thought, oh my goodness, that yeah. is, you know, eye-opening. that right. is yeah. eye-opening. Yeah. So as you step out to get help wherever your grief may be. Yes. Or what grief looks like mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. it is it's freeing. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Now, is it overnight healing? No. <laughs> is journey is you know just like life a journey? Yes. And like you said, grief is a part of life. Mm-hmm. It all depends on how we walk through it. Absolutely. Right. And I think that that is something that you know Ron shares, mm-hmm. you know, that we are on this journey together mm-hmm. and only Christ can give us mm-hmm. that solid footing and foundation Absolutely. for that filter of the mind mm-hmm. as we live in this fallen world. Absolutely. Whether we want to accept that or not, right. but I believe just because of what culture is, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, life is going to look like this. Yes. But we forget that our calling as believers is, you know, God is going to guide us and he's going to show us where he is working. Absolutely. And Absolutely. as we've gone through grief, there may be times where God is ready to use you Absolutely. because of the story he has written in your life. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And I do remember that conversation and um, a lot of this is National Children's Grief Awareness Month. Oh, oh wow. really? Exactly. Okay. So it's creating awareness that little people, mm. though they may not always have the the words 
to express their grief, but they are grieving and they mm-hmm. need that support. And they need that support in a community where um, they're received well, and that's mm. with same aged. Um, and so it normalizes their grief. So those questions, oh. they'll realize they're not the only ones who have those questions. Yes. Um, and they don't always need the answers. They just need the opportunity to ask the question, mm. to yes. say what's going on inside of their head and inside of their hearts um, to help them make sense of their world. Right. And so grief and community is necessary. Yeah. Not just for children, but for adults and those who are um, parenting those children. Because on a plane, they tell you always, you know, in case of turbulence, for the adults, put your mask over your face first before assisting your child. Because we have to get stabilized to be able to support them, but also for them to be able to see stability is possible. It doesn't have to be perfect, but a possibility. And so good. Just to aspire to that. Um, and it's all in time. And just to speak on the holidays, having a 911 list just in every day, people that you can call. Yes. I mean, I always know I can call on you, but I know, you know, you all have more than me <laughs> as a church member, even though you all make us feel like we are the only one, Aww. you know, but that we, we have our church family. We have what I love about Waterstones, our life groups, our Bible study groups, um, but just your friends. And until they disappoint you three times. Yeah. You know, keep them at the top of the list. Nice. People don't always know what to say or what oh, to yeah. do. True. Um, but the other encouragement is if someone reaches out during the holidays, find someone that you feel like you can at least take baby steps into going maybe to their home or inviting them to yours um, mm. to shed some light on the darkness because you deserve it. Mm. Wow. Um, as much as we grieve is how much we love someone. And I know that my mother would never want me to live my life completely miserable Mm. or miserable at all. So we're honoring our loved ones by allowing light into our lives. Oh, wow. We're honoring our loved ones during the holidays by saying, even though you're not here, I'm going to remember you, whether it's setting a placeholder at the table, whether it's Mm. lighting a candle, whether it's putting a a gift under the tree, um, you know, Mm. whether it's still putting their stockings up. Those are normal things. Please don't let anyone tell you that it's not we want wow. to remember. I live my life with every aspect of my mother interwoven in me. Mm. To forget her would be to not know myself. Right. So it is so important for us to remember that they want to talk about that person. It doesn't mean that they're crazy. It means that they're a part of them and that they love them. Um, or even mm. shifting some traditions, holding on to some old ones. Not being afraid to try some new ones, but not being afraid to stay in the old ones. Just do what feels right and knowing that at any moment you can pivot, Mm. you can shift. There has to be nothing set in stone. Life is so fluid when you're grieving, giving yourself permission to make a decision in that moment and having no one else, unless it's something harmful, tell you that it's not it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Right. It just mm. really is. But knowing that you can do it in community, even not being okay. Be in your room, have your best friend out there whipping up mashed potatoes or oh, whatever. <laughs> Send Santa a letter in the mail. Going out shopping. I just have to speak to this. One of the hardest things for our parents is shopping oh, yeah. for Christmas gifts. Oh. Or going to talk to Santa you know, at the pop-up shops that he puts because he can't have everyone come to the North Pole, right? right? He puts those pop-up shops. So if you can't go there, have a friend take your child or um, make your list and go on Amazon. Do things that 
won't trigger you so much because I promise it's been Christmas music before the trick-or-treaters put their candy <laughs> yes, in a basket. So true. I was just like, why is Christmas <laughs> everywhere? What happened to wow. Thanksgiving? Yeah. So there's just constant reminders, sights, sounds, true, smells or triggers. Um, mm. And so just take care of you, but also knowing that everyone in your family may grieve differently. Have a family meeting. Talk about what you can handle, hear what they need, and see how we can make it happen with the least amount of disruption for you as the primary person that takes Goodness care of your kids. Right. Well, thank you, you so much. You for just today. slipped out so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean that in like, uh, you know, like it just flowed out of you yeah. so naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, to give. I want to make sure that you had time to say everything you felt like you needed to say. Were there any other points that you wanted to say? Or Yes, ma'am. There is one point I want to make. Because the holidays can be such a dark time, if you don't feel comfortable reaching out to a family member or a friend, you can definitely reach out to me. I, I think I'm on the grief Yes, grief, yes. grief support, support um, group on our event tab. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Reach okay. out to me. If you have my personal number, reach out to me. If you need me, Reach out to anyone at the church. I'm happy for you to um, access me. But there is also mm. a number, 988. Okay. It is a 24-hour hotline. Okay, awesome. Like on your phone, like it's a, like said 911, just 988. 988. And I want to make really? sure I'm giving you the correct number. They changed it recently. No, that's, uh, yeah. It's 988. I had no idea. So you don't have to dial like 188. No. So blah, blah, just 988. And someone will answer. Sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers, someone who's not emotionally yes. invested We'll just be willing to hear you in mm. spite of the pain. People who love us want to not fix us, but make oh, it better. True. Or fix us. Yeah. Um, but again, we have to walk through the journey. Um, I always liken it to this really, I cut myself one time and I didn't re realize how it even happened. I talked about it in our first grief groups. I don't yeah. know if you remember this. And I kind of was like the layering part. Like when it first happens, you think this is never going to get better. And you want it to happen so quickly because it's, you know, somewhat vanity a little bit. Yeah. And then there's always like this little scar that's there. But it's just a reminder of all the healing that's been done. Oh, And yes. it takes time. It's a process. So we're not microwaving our grief. You know, the, they were a part of our lives. Our expectations were real. Our our need for love is real. Our, our need to reinvest in life is a necessity. And hope is realized when we understand that whatever we wanted is not there. Feel the feelings and then reinvest in life. And I'm going to add a caveat and then share your story so that it Come can on. help someone else. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So much stuff. Gold. We need to retitle this Golden Nuggets with Tamari. I know. <laughs> that sounds I like a reading it. session or something, but I don't know. Tamari, that was absolutely awesome. Thank you. And by the way, you, you are, when you talked about how we make you feel like you're the only one, you are the only. You are the only Tamari <laughs> we have. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Okay, I, here's what I took away from it. I love the statement that you made. Instead of becoming 20 pounds heavier during the holidays, we want you to become 20 pounds lighter. Yes. Gosh, I never thought about mm -hmm. that. That mm -hmm. was eye-opening. So everything you just heard, put it in, in reverse, rewind it, find those fine points you know, that, that you want to listen to the most. Tamara, you gave us so much good information. Raina, thank you for being friends with her. Yes. Thank you for inviting her on. Yes. Uh, this was so awesome. Well, we pray you have an awesome holiday. And um, as well, my eyes are open just a few minutes after she spoke. It wasn't just Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like you may not, you may be listening to this at Easter. Mm -hmm. You may be listening to this. Like she said, you never know mm -hmm. how many holidays there are on the calendar mm -hmm. until you experience that moment. 
We do legitimately pray blessings over you, security over you, peace over you, stability over you. There is the hope of stability. Yes. Those are other good words that you just said. It's been an awesome session, and we honestly pray, as the name is called, we pray you are encouraged. Well, you guys say goodbye to the audience. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Happy holidays. See you soon. (laughs) 